listening to the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from RAGBRAI. This is the show where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales about bicycling from all over the nation. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. A lot of people smiling after this weekend. <laughs> good weekend. We did have a good weekend, didn't we? Yeah. I, you know, I just saw so many people, yeah. and uh, it's great to see people. That's one of the neat things about the Iowa Bike Expo. People just came out of the woodwork. I think you said, what, we have like 6,000, 7,000 people there or something like that, yeah. and Boy, I saw people from bike clubs from, wow, I just didn't expect to see them there. And um, just a neat feeling to see so many people talking about cycling in the middle of winter. So is this technically the ninth overnight town? The, or or is this town zero? <laughs> Probably town zero. Town let's, let's zero. Town so it zero. all starts with town zero, yes. like patient zero. Yeah. And, uh, and it goes from there. So if you haven't been paying attention... Uh, this last weekend, we hosted the Ragbury Route Announcement Party, where we yep. learned the fate of our summer vacation. And we also had the Iowa Bike Expo, which was huge in its own right, uh, with uh, almost 6,500 people through the door. Yeah. So we put out the route in case in case you live under a rock. <laughs> it is Anwa that we're starting off at on the Missouri River side of our state. We go over to Denison, which is first time in about 17 years. Mm-hmm. Jefferson, it's good a good 10 or 12 years since we've been to Jefferson. And then slide into Ames, home of Iowa State University. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, over to Newton. And it's been quite a few years, I think about 14 years or so, maybe 12, 12, 14 years since we've been to Newton. Then Sigourney, and it's been a long time, I think 23 years since we've been to Sigourney. And then the big one that we haven't been to in 42 years was Iowa (laughs) City, and then end at the Mighty Miss with Davenport. And so uh, what what surprised you, or what did you think of the route, Mark, as far as when it was revealed that night? You know, um... I, I wasn't surprised by Denison. Uh, you and I have both been out there, and that's a town that, you know, we've had some history with, mm-hmm. and, and some of it not so good. But they've really uh, embraced Ragbri since that point and bicycling um, and uh, have a, a complete change of personnel in their world. And, and uh, I think it was obvious that they wanted to make a splash, which was great, and I think they're going to be awesome. Yeah. I think I did an interview right after that with Von Kettleson, who's from from that area and a big, big proponent of that entire area. And, you know, he's like, hey, what, you know, what's the difference? And I I, I just, you know, I thought back from, you know, from the really, you know, shattered relationship of Ragbri and and Crawford County and not even Denison, but Crawford County. Um, And then the bridges that were were mended mm-hmm. uh, over that time and just piece after piece the the mark grays of the world coming up and just always being at the route party and say mm-hmm. hey you know think of us think of us inviting us into talk to rotary um when when dan schaefer became the police chief over at denison just another you know great ally right. uh over there I, I know the mayor went on record saying one of his priorities was to get Ragbri back at, at Denison. So um, there's been just a lot of a lot of good things. Uh, seeing our friend Tim Stewart um, mm-hmm. from Boulder's Inn, um, just you know we see him every year at the at the tourism conference. They became a sponsor of Ragbri this year. Um, just always you know talking highly about Denison. Um, so and and then you know the people at the, at the chamber and and the tourism officials there, they they just made you feel like hey you know what. Maybe this is the time to, to bring it there. We we will not disappoint you. So, so I think Denison. You know, you can start that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really good day um, that Sunday in, in Denison, right. and in a unique town. I mean, uh, talking with Dan, um, it's uh, it's like a Latino majority town. So culturally, this is a really different place than a lot of places that we've been to. Um, and it's going to be neat to see how that community works into what we're, what we're doing with Ragbri, yeah. and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I know they have a lot of experience with their barbecue festival, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I think that's a great way to start. Uh, Anna was always great. 
I'm looking forward to being there. And uh, yeah, I think think that's going to be a good start. Well, you know, speaking of diversity, uh, if you recall when we went through Postville last year, one of the most diverse towns in our our entire state, uh, and just seeing the different religions and people and and cultures that were out there on display, I think anyone that does have that ethnic uh, breakdown or, or, you know, people from, you know, different uh, cultures, that's what the riders really want to see. And when you can put some of that on display, the foods, the sounds, the uh, the smells, all that stuff uh, on display for, right. for Ragbri, I think it shows that, hey, this this is a really diverse and neat uh, cultural opportunity for Ragbri. So I'm hoping Denison kind of takes some of those cues, and, I, and I'm sure they will. Just looking at the, the, the lineup already of who's going to be on their advisory committee is a good good cross-section of folks. Good, good. Um you know, I, I'm looking forward to the Ames-Iowa City rivalry, both being Regents University towns. I think that's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. um, that's that's my next highlight. Um, you know, frankly, a little surprised with Ames on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there were several other places that could have been in there, and, and that one I didn't expect. I think where we – was that the sticks here that we were in Ames last? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that was uh yeah one of the one of the bigger concerts we've ever had uh, when we brought the guys from Sticks up and they played a it was the Rocking Sticks not the Dennis DeYoung Sticks right so the Tommy Shaw and James Young mm-hmm. Sticks and um, boy they put on a heck of a show mm. <laughs> and uh, I mean there's just a sea of people for them yeah. as far as you could see but you know the the neat thing with the rivalry and I've been seeing some memes on on you know Facebook and stuff the ride divided and just <laughs> you know rivalry ride I think I. Th- throughout the, the the concept i mean it's the first time both those have been on on the same route and uh-huh. one was a pass-through town maybe in 73 or something like that but but as far as both overnight's first time and i i just think you know that the natural thing to play that up i mean ragbri happens before that game kicks up again mm-hmm. and um so I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some good barbs back and forth mm-hmm. um knowing both universities they like to throw barbs at each other mm-hmm. in a friendly banter sure and uh there's nothing wrong with that i think it'll just again elevate their game because one's going to want to outdo the other now iowa city curious example here because you know we haven't been there since 76 uh, we've been to Coralville quite a bit, and and I know they're going to draw from Coralville's experience, sure, and uh, what they've learned over the past. So I don't think they're out of the game as far as experience, um, but they've done some things recently that I think are really going to make that a, a rememberable town, a memorable place. Um, Big Grove Brewery, uh, not a stranger to. Uh, uh, to being involved in big events, and they got a big brewery on the south end of town. We've been through their brewery in Solon. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, getting them involved, I think, is going to be great. Next to Big Grove is a great big park that the city is just investing in and should be done by that point. Um, so I think for camping opportunities, that's going to be huge. Um, and then downtown, that's Iowa City's finest, is their downtown area. Um, but they held a block party last year that is reminiscent of how Regbright could be. And that was so cool. And hopefully they recreate that experience. When you put a band on the on the Pentecrest at the old Capitol, I think Iowa City is going to be a good way to end this ride to the river. Oh, yeah. Well, I think those are some of the visions when we started having those those gentle conversations mm-hmm. with some of the officials at, at Iowa City. And, you know, and the neat thing is we've had some of those folks that have come out on Ragbri, checked it out, ridden Ragbri, mm-hmm. have ridden other events like the Grand Gable. Um, I know I had plenty of conversations with Jeff Ruin mm-hmm. uh, over time. The, he's been the city manager, I think, for a couple of years. Their police chief, uh, Jody Matherly, mm-hmm. has been no, you know, no stranger to Ragbri. He was the police chief over in Grinnell. Mm-hmm. who really kind of changed the atmosphere as far as the downtown experience with Ragbri. So, um, you know, Nancy Birds have been uh, their downtown association leader. Um, so lots of familiar names and faces that will be involved. Um, and, of course, Josh Omberger, who's the head of the Iowa City Coralville Convention and Visitor Bureau. I can't give them a plug enough. They're one of our podcast sponsors. Uh-huh. Uh, but Josh has got that experience from, I don't know, probably three different Ragbri's in Coralville. And it'll lend that experience again to Ragbri in Iowa City. Now, backing it up, uh, Jefferson, new casino there, yeah. uh, Wild Rose Place. Um, you know, I've been to Jefferson countless times, and um, 
What's the what's the breakfast place? Bunkers, Dunkers. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, the the, the best pancakes I've ever had have, has been at at uh, at Bunkers. Um, really neat setup for a town, home of All Ability Cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were at the expo. Uh, if you haven't heard of All Ability, they're worth looking up because they really look at uh, bikes for persons of disabilities and how do we accommodate those. And, and they've created this really cool niche uh, for uh, for working with that. I know they work with the uh, adaptive sports team and uh, trying to get their athletes uh, all set up and ready to go. Um, so that's going to be a really cool town. Yeah. Just a couple of quick little anecdotes. Uh, immediately, I had an invitation from John Bruno, who runs mm-hmm. All Ability. Uh, he said, hey, you need to come speak at our, our you know annual meeting or, or whatever. And he, and he pl- plied me with rhubarb pie. <laughs> I'm like, you had me at rhubarb, John. Right, you know, And right. then, he ta- then he topped it off. How about a little bit of vanilla ice cream on top of that? Uh-huh. So uh, another quick story. Um, I would say probably about 12 years ago, I was in Disney World with my family. And I happened to be wearing some kind of rag brace shirt. And a, and a gentleman walked up to me and said, hey, you from Iowa? And I said, yeah, I, I live up there. And he goes, oh, you've done rag brace before? I said, yeah, I you know, happened to work there. And um, so after a while, he found out I was a director. And he said, well, he goes, I own a little donut shop in Jefferson, Iowa. And I'm on the city council. And he gave me his card. And he goes, if you ever want to come to... <laughs> to jefferson iowa he goes i'm randy bunkers and you're welcome anytime nice and uh so when we finally went to jefferson iowa uh, i told that little story to a bunch of people and they all just kind of laughed randy bunkers and in walked a nice little box of donuts for me and um but just just good people so jefferson uh good people you know you see it on the trail coming in i mean just just lots of good stuff happening there one thing not to miss and i'm going to get the initials and the date wrong but is it uh, rvw 1893 it's a little used to be a car dealer right off the square uh anyhow it's it's robbie's his first name his wife works there um they build furniture Hmm. With all the tools that were present in 1893 or whatever the date is on his building. So, did we meet them at the tourism conference? We have. Okay, They're yeah. all pioneer Neat. era stuff. He got his start as the furniture maker out at Living History Farms. He's at the state fair every year. You know, so little things he does the way they did it back in those days. So, for example, um, you know, they, they, pick raspberries and that becomes the stain for the furniture well if it's a a bad year for raspberries then they need to use blackberries well your furniture color changes this (laughs) year and so it is the most fascinating tour that you'll ever see i really urge people to check that out and then they have an olympic square in jefferson oh yeah uh one of the uh archery gold medals came from jefferson iowa yeah Uh, a nice older woman i believe that uh, taught herself to be an archer and won the gold medal yeah so a lot of cool things happen. Lots of cool things. Another town we're going to go to, um, haven't been there in a little while, is Newton. Mm-hmm. And um, a, a lot of people might remember Newton was the first time we had uh, Lance. Lance on the ride. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure he remembers that a little bit <laughs> uh, because that was the first time basically after winning all those tours that he came out and introduced himself to Ragbury. Right. I was working on the crew, so I didn't get to go to any of that. Yeah. But... I'm anxious. So this will be my first time to bike into Newton. Yeah. That'll be cool. And the other cool thing that's changed about Newton is now they have the Iowa Speedway. And so just seeing that, I've already had a couple emails saying, hey, it would be really cool to take a a lap around uh, the Speedway, kind of like we did in Knoxville on the dirt track. And so a little bit more banking and a little bit more, but we'll we'll take a look and see if that's a possibility because that'd be kind of cool. And, you know, nice, nice little day in Newton. This should be really fun this time. So what do we got left? Uh, Sigourney? Sigourney, yeah. Sigourney, we know a few people from Sigourney, don't we? Becky O'Rourke. Yeah, sure. Casey Thompson. Yeah. Uh, who else are we missing? Oh, we had a great time um, last couple times through mm-hmm. Sigourney, Iowa, and I think they're excited. It's 
you know, you got to have that nice balance of small town, big town. Mm-hmm. And Sigourney fills that bill of a nice little small town. Do you remember when we stopped at that nice museum just south of Sigourney? What was that? The Dumont Museum? The Dumont Museum, oh, yeah. That is so cool. I had all the tractors out and the trains yeah. and the Roy Roger collection. I yeah. think that, I think he's he might have sold off a few of them, but I think they're still operating. But, boy, that was a fun little stop. Yeah. Of of just just south of Sigourney, yeah. and the thing that I, that I always remember about Sigourney, they have this really cool fountain right right in the square, mm-hmm. and just you know oh, lights yeah. up and just uh, it's going to be a just a fun part of uh, the experience there in Sigourney. But again, nice small town, um, and you got to have that mix. You can't all be as big as say an Iowa City, sure, or an Ames. So sure. to to mix in a, a smaller town like an Ottawa or a Sigourney, mm-hmm. really neat thing, right? Right. So the expo is going to happen in Ottawa. Okay. We know on on Saturday, um, they've got one of the widest streets I've ever seen, and <laughs> they're also home of the Eskimo pie. Oh, Which really? sounds really good in the summertime, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, especially if it's going to be one of those 110 degree days, 114. Which could happen in yeah. Iowa, yeah. but but really good. I mean, green space and right. just you know, fun town. I I don't know why it's taken a little while to get back to to Iowa, but but we're looking forward to getting back there. Nice fairgrounds, nice green space, so and and good people as well. So who did we skip? Did we miss anybody? Well, we end over in Davenport. Davenport. So the the mighty miss. And, uh, you know, Davenport's looking a little different these days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last time we ended over at at the park, just a little Mm -hmm. bit south of town. Credit Island was the Mm -hmm. name of the park. Um, This time they're looking at, they they removed the casino boat right right on the river. Open riverfront. So the dynamics of their downtown has changed a little bit. So look, look forward to seeing if we can you know be right in the heart of downtown davenport leclair park where the bix festival takes place uh each and every year the bix Mm -hmm. run will be going on as well so Mm -hmm. uh lots of excitement going on in davenport and um you know there was a pretty good gap where we hadn't been to davenport in like 28 years and (laughs) and so we've been we've been going back for for another visit to davenport cool so I think those are all the towns. We've got lots of information coming about each town. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering about what's gonna, who's going to be the bands or where's the camping going to be, just relax. Let, <laughs> they just just found out on Saturday. Let them get set up, and you know all those questions. We got six months to get it yeah. figured out. Yeah. So um, so just relax. Let them get set up. Don't call them for housing today. You know, get registered. Yep, you can do that. Right. But um, you know, when when you know we get a little bit further down into you know, say May or so, they'll have all those answers out there. We'll know where parking is. We know where shuttles are going to go. All that kind of stuff. No matter what, just get ready. It's going to be a great week. It's not too hard, not too easy. We kind of call it the porridge ride. You know, and there's a few climbs here and there. Sure. You know, there's there's some river valleys that we're going to probably have to cross. So sure. so uh, eventually, we're going to put out all. All those details, probably about mid-March, we'll put out the details of where Ragbri 46 is going. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. You know, if uh, you're a new bicyclist and you want to do this this year, this is the year to do it. Um, but now's the time to go to your bike shop and start looking around and getting ready to go, wouldn't yeah. you say? So some of our bike shop, I know Bikes to You is one of our premier sponsors on the Jessica Bike mm-hmm. Podcast, but there's tons of local bike shops throughout throughout our state or wherever you're listening to the just go bike podcast go visit your local bike shop talk to your mechanic if you're trying to get into cycling they're going to help you out right and uh i'll tell you what you will not regret if you get a bicycle if you're <laughs> just saying hey it sounds like a lot of fun you will not regret you know getting that yeah. first bike or or upgrading to that next level of bike to say hey i'm ready to do rag yeah. so uh i'm here yeah. Um, for my third trip this week. <laughs> what you um, doing all the time in you, the capital city? You know, we had this big, crazy week, and then suddenly, here's my turn. Um, so yesterday, we had a subcommittee in the Senate uh, on our Change Lanes to Pass bill, which was greeted very favorably. I think people were uh, enthusiastic that we can do more for bike safety, and this, our, our bill that we've been working on has a, has a good basis for that. Uh, so that was... Uh, a, pretty well received um and today so i went home after that and and said well I, you know i got a week off i uh, can finally unpack my car and suitcase and that sort of thing get my dry cleaning done 
today, we have another subcommittee on the House side. Also unanimously passed the subcommittee. Got uh, three three votes on uh, our change lanes to yeah. pass bills. So those two bills are moving up through uh, through the uh, the work, and that's that's the work that we do outside of everything else that we do. So uh, we expect in the next two weeks it's going to see committee hearings, and then uh, on to the the full House and Senate for support. So we've got some work to do in the next couple of weeks to make sure uh, our bike safety bills are, are moving forward. So we're looking forward to that. Oh, no. Keep up to good work, Mark. And, um, you know, I just saw some of the headlines and some of the you know top yeah. stories in the state yesterday with with some of the some of the good progress that, that you guys have been making on mm-hmm. some of those laws. So keep up the good work. You know, and I can't um, underemphasize that it's not just me and it's not just the lobbyists at the Capitol that, that do this. It's everybody. We need everybody to let their elected official know. Um, we got some tools on our website. If you, in fact, you j- just go to our website um, right away, you'll you'll encounter a, a place that you can email your legislator. Um, and those tools are really important to get the word out. And, and uh, uh, doing that right away is, is what we want to see. And, uh, you know, that combined with personal visits when they're back home in the district, that makes a big difference. And so we want people to support change lanes to pass. There may be that visibility amendment. Uh, we talked about that uh, today. Uh, we don't know what that's going to look like, and we can talk about that a little deeper when when that gets introduced because I, they didn't know the details at all today. Um, and I'm just not sure mandates the thing that we want for bicycling in this state. Mm-hmm. Nobody else has quite done that across the country. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, I think it's a valuable discussion to have. We don't... We don't want invisible bicyclists. We want don't want camouflage out on the road. We don't want people to hide from cars. Um, we want people to be visible. But uh, how do you how do you make that into a law? That's a whole different yep. different discussion that we have to work on. So we got our work cut out for us, and and we got some good conversations going and some some good relationships at the Capitol. Now we just need the grassroots. Everybody that's listening to this podcast that lives in Iowa to contact their legislator and. And we're going to make that easy for you to do. So that should be good. Well, good. Well, make sure you let the listeners know mm-hmm. what action steps they can take, because I know there's a lot of people that are curious. How can how can I help? And uh, so hopefully we'll keep them educated yeah. about how they can help out. Yeah. And I'll say it again. Go to our website, iowabicyclecoalition.org. Click on the link that says End Fatal Bike Crashes, and that will take you to all the stuff that we're working on and a convenient form where you can email your legislator right from that page. So good. we make it easy. Sounds good. Well, I know uh, we're, our entire staff was really busy this entire weekend. Uh, we had a draft on Thursday. I think we had a, a, a movie showing, Lay Ride, on, on Wednesday, sold out. Sold so out. Lot, lots of cool stuff. But but at draft, I know Murph had one of the guest speakers were mm-hmm. from the Adventure Cycling Association. Oh, yeah. And I think Murph caught up with them afterwards. I think they had a really good message. And I think Kathy Murphy caught up with some folks from Adventure Cycling. Uh-huh. And you're going to hear it later on in this podcast. Fantastic. Let's just go bike and listen to it. Well, hello, Just Go Bike podcast listeners. This is Kathy Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. And I am here today with a couple guys from Adventure Cycling Association. Uh, with us today, we've got Steve, who's a tour leader, and we have Mike, who is an assistant tour director. Hey, guys. Hey, Kathy. Hey, hey, Kathy. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. So we're here to talk about specifically Adventure Cycling Association, and their mission is to inspire and empower people to bike. So what better place for you guys to talk about that? but on Just Go Bike. So here they are. Um, let's get started. So uh, Steve and Mike, what do you do at Adventure Cycling? Well, I lead tours. So as a tour leader, I get to go to all different parts of the country and lead short tours and some of the longer tours too. And I also uh, design some of the new tours. That's my role. So wait, so if you're designing a tour, is that secret code for you get to go out and ride your bike and turn it into an adventure absolutely oh man you've got a great job i know no (laughs) complaints for me 
How about you? Uh, and I am the assistant tours director at Adventure Cycling. So I actually work at our headquarters in Missoula and um, help work with Steve and our other tour leaders. We have over 120 different tour leaders in the wow. field. Um, and I get to interact with them as well as our members who come out and and join us on these great adventures. So do you have like, uh, your company is located in one place or are all these tour guides all over the United States? So our main office is located in Missoula, Montana. Okay. And uh, we contract with various tour, our tour leaders uh, who are based throughout the United States. Uh, we also have some Canadian leaders and uh, all over the place. So it's really cool to um, be in one central location, but then be able to just work with people all throughout the U.S. Oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, I said that your mission is to inspire and empower people to bike. And I know uh, you mentioned before we started recording that you're much more than just tours. So will one of you tell us a little bit about the organization? Yeah. So Adventure Cycling started um, a little before 1976. Oh, and wow. Yeah, so we're in a, over 40 years old, and what happened was uh, two groups of people, Greg and June Seipel and Dan and Liz Burden, uh, had this idea to run a cross-country bicycle tour for the Bicentennial of the United States, and their idea really blossomed into this amazing thing called Bike Centennial, and so in 1976, they helped lead um, along with thousands of other people. I think there were over 4,000 people who did rides that year um, and helped create what adventure cycling is today. Um, currently we have um, over 53,000 members as part wow. of adventure cycling. Uh, we're a nonprofit organization that really, uh, we do inspire and empower people to, dry, to ride bikes uh, and to travel by bike. And we do everything from advocacy to um, mapped routes, uh, bicycle-specific mapped routes, work with something called the U.S. Bicycle Route System, uh, and just so many different different facets. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and then both Steve and I work most directly with our, our touring side of the organization, which I think is one of our most enjoyable ways of getting people to travel by bike because uh, we get to be directly involved with that. Awesome. Well, I'm assuming both of you have been on a tour or two in your uh, time at Adventure Cycling. Um, any favorites that you want to tell the listeners about? Sure. It's both my favorite tour and it's the last tour I was on just over uh, a month or so ago, did a great tour around the big island of Hawaii from beach to beach, and we camped right on each, each beach. The best view available anywhere, right from the, from the tent, right out over the, the ocean, rolling your bikes in, into the sand, then back out on the road. <laughs> Terrific bike tour. And it, Okay, so I've, I'm probably the only person that's never been to Hawaii, but I've never been to Hawaii. I'm assuming it's not all beautiful beaches. I mean, I'm sure there's some uh, interesting terrain to ride your bike on. Exactly right, because the Big Island was formed by several volcanoes. Uh -huh. So you traverse these volcanoes sort of up the side, up to about 4,000 feet, and then back down to sea level. Camping on the beach, up again to 4,000 feet, then back, back down. So it's actually there's some pretty tough, tough climbing. And, uh, and and so forth through lava fields and some rainforests and then back down to the beaches. It sounds beautiful. It was. And <laughs> I hope to do it again. I was going to say, is that still an active tour? It is. In fact, we offer it twice a year in April, in October. Ah. There's room available on both tours. Oh gosh. For 2018. I might have to check that out. <laughs> How about you? Do you have a favorite tour? Yeah, I think. Um, Favorites to me always come in recent history, as uh, I think Steve just uh, said as well. I've been on a number of tours, but uh, this past fall I was able to go do one of our tours in Utah. Um, and it's our Utah Parks Loop, which we have a map for, but we also run guided tours on. And for me, it was 
an awesome way to experience a place that I'd actually never been to before. So we started in uh, St. George, Utah, and then was able to visit Zion and Bryce National Parks, nice. Cedar Breaks National Monument, and all within a pretty, it seemed like a quick week, six days of riding, we were able to see all these amazing places that mm -hmm. I'd never been to before. Um, and the fact that we were able to enjoy it slowly by being on bike and being able to travel through there kind of at a biker's pace um, just I think really had it set in my mind a lot more and I I keep going back and have my screensaver set up to those types of things <laughs> now so when I'm in the office I just look back like oh yeah this is what I do this for yeah oh yeah I've done RAGBRAI many, many, many times, and it's so nice to be able to explain to somebody, maybe if they've lived in Iowa their whole lives, or maybe they've never been to Iowa, to be able to say that same thing. You're like, when you ride your bike across the state, you get to go at a slow pace. You're not in a car, you know, going 65 miles an hour. You get to see farmland and beautiful countryside. So I, I understand exactly where yeah. you're coming from. It's beautiful. It is. Yeah. So when you look at um, the tours that you all offer, um, is there like an average length of a ride or is it everything different? Is it multiple days, a few days, weeks, months? We have a whole range of tours um, in terms of the number of days and, and mileage per day from four day tours to 90 plus day, day tours, cross country tours, regional, regional tours, trails. Road tours, uh, really w wide wide range. Family tours oh, are nice. interesting. Twenty five, thirty miles a day, flat terrain. You know, you have to bring bring a kid to go on on those types <laughs> of, types of tours. Yep, and then uh, yeah, all of them are challenging in in one one way or another. Sure. From from terrain or distance or weather, great adventures. Sure, and a uh, question along that would be: What levels of support do you offer? You know, is it a camping-only, self-contained? Is it a, a five-star hotels? Sure. Well, <laughs> our routes are with camping, sort mm -hmm. of self-contained, carry everything on, on your bike. Mm -hmm. But we are a member-supported organization, and our 53,000 members have evolved over the years. Sure. And so we, we offer more support in addition to the self-contained tours. We have... Uh, vans and van supported tours we have other other tours that are sort of like mini versions of of ragbri okay. in, uh, in other states uh -huh. uh, for a week or so going across um, uh, other states and so forth and um, yeah and then we also have even gone a step further where in terms of support we have some in-to-in -in tours where we're going from one indoor location to another indoor so we have hotels motels small, small um, indoor accommodations so there's that variety there of, of support and I guess when you have 53,000 members you have to be able to offer a variety that's what keeps people coming back Exactly. Well, yeah. we like to think of ourselves as one big 53,000-member family. family. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, what kind of advice would you give first-timers, like, you know, um, supporting your mission, inspiring and empowering people to bike? You know, if somebody um, is thinking about biking or used to bike when they were a kid, and they hear about your organization, and they're first-timers. What do you think you'd say to them? Yeah, I think... Um, Starting off small and starting off with a group is a really good idea for first-timers because you get the support of people riding with you, um, and whether they're beginners as well or more advanced, um, you can use some group knowledge there, but then you also get to um, kind of share that experience with them and share the highlights and the lowlights. So um, if there's a, if it's a pretty bad day, you can kind of joke about it and, <laughs> uh, and go that way. But then there's also on the great days, there's those people there that you can share it with. Um, yeah, but starting off small, starting off local, that way it's not, um, it's not something that you're getting yourself in too deep too quick. Sure. Uh, and then after your first one, then you're pretty likely going to get the bug and, and get further and go longer and uh, enjoy it more that way. Definitely. Well, speaking of getting the bug, how did each of you get into bicycling? 
Um, bicycle touring for me started um, when I was in college. I was leading youth adventure programs and um, did hiking programs for a few years and then the company also did uh, bicycle tours and I really wanted to do a cross-country ride and that was the the adventure to go on so that's really how I I got started with it and um, really haven't stopped since so so you you've ridden your bike across the country I have twice actually twice yeah yep. what's the time frame on that um, our group was pretty quick compared to I think a lot of folks but we took as straight of a line as possible across the south and since we were doing it with kids it was during summer vacation uh, and we did it I think it was um, about 43 days total so we that had, is impressive yeah it was a lot of, it was a lot of long days a lot of hot days but um, it was it was really inspiring to see um, those high schoolers get across the country and just see the joy that they had oh, when they yeah. reached the ocean and just the amount of accomplishment that they felt was uh, pretty astonishing. Yeah, so. it kind of gives me the goosebumps. Yeah. Seeing, like uh, finishing 43 days and you're with, you know, a team of the same people you've been with the whole time and to get to where you're going, that's quite an accomplishment. It is, and it was always... Um, and one thing that like our adventure cycling tours do as well as this adventure program that I led for it was kids that did not know each other they came from all different parts of the country uh, and came together and, and really did create kind of this small little family sure um, yeah you should have a reunion like I know a, like a 10 year or a 20 year and yeah. see where everyone's at now I still keep in touch with a few of them it's been uh, I think we're looking at seven or eight years since we've done uh -huh. it um, and I do keep in touch with some of them still and, and love to hear their stories a lot of them are still biking and oh, that's great. out traveling and it's it's pretty awesome that's awesome and how about you getting into biking well let's see I am way back in my teens um, I too went went cross country, of course. Really? Not as a leader, but as a little tot, <laughs> <laughs> as a t as a teenager in a in a small group, and that was a t terrific experience. Took me a little longer. I did it in about seventy days. Our our group, not the forty three. So yeah. Mike's was moving moving right, right along, so I definitely got got bitten by by the bug there. And, and did you have the same experience when you got to the end, where you just like? I can do anything. Absolutely. In yeah. fact, yeah, that was New York to San Francisco. Oh, okay. And then afterwards I thought, God, I want, I want to go farther. So <laughs> next time I did another one, uh, New York to Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, wow. So, yeah. so you guys have both done some pretty impressive tours. Wow. I'm yeah. jealous. Yeah, but you know the short tours and even when you go out for a day, a day ride, it feels almost the same to me, that feeling yeah. of freedom and empowerment and, and so forth. So that, yeah. that's why I ride. That's why I tour. I can agree with that. Yeah, I would say um, kind of along those lines, this last summer I had the chance to do participate in a, what's called Bike Travel Weekend, something that Adventure Cycling uh, started a couple years ago. And um, basically the idea is to get out, go for a ride, camp out, and then come back home. Oh, okay. Just a one-nighter, uh, pretty easy thing, and I was able to do it with a group of anywhere from third through fifth graders, um, and for them, we rode about 35 miles or so um, to our campsite and, and then back the next day, and to see their sense of accomplishment sure. of, I mean, the most that they'd ridden before was maybe five miles. Right. And so that type of step, too, was, um, and now I see them around and just see, like, they tell that story like it's the biggest epic adventure they've had, <laughs> and, and they're excited to go on more. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're getting a lot of people to uh, get the cycling bug. Exactly. That's great. Exactly. That's great. Well, if somebody wants to check um, out Adventure Cycling Association or learn more about it or become a member, where would they go? Yeah, so uh, we have a website, adventurecycling.org, um, and it is really... Um, just a collection of so much knowledge. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, and there's places to make donations, to join memberships. Um, and But there's also fantastic how-tos, fantastic forums, um, 
route information and things like that. It really is a place to, if you want to travel by bike, it is probably the perfect starting point to figure out what you want for resources. Um, Excellent. Yeah. And you, we, I think we all mentioned this earlier, but you are a nonprofit organization, so you're always accepting donations. So yep. you can go to that website and find out good stuff there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if either one of you have done RAGBRAI. I would guess you're aware of RAGBRAI. Um, pie is a big deal on RAGBRAI. So either of you have a favorite pie? Without a doubt, it's banana cream pie. Oh, yeah. Now, typically you can't find that on RAGBRAI because it has to be chilled. So you have to get there either super early or... Maybe you can find it, but okay. Well, I am an early riser. Okay, good. Yeah. And it sounds delicious right now. How about you? You know, I at the end of a ride, I think a strawberry rhubarb pie Ooh. would be uh, the most exciting thing for me. That with a dollop of vanilla bean ice cream or something oh, like nice. that. I think that would be perfect. That sounds excellent. Yeah. Well, I want to thank Stephen, Mike, so much for being on the podcast. Super interesting topic and really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thanks very much. You bet. Well, Just Go Bike listeners, I leave you with this quote from Corman's Law. The trouble with resisting temptation is it may never come your way again. Think about it. Just go bikers. This is Andrea and this is Paratalk. First of all, let me say what an awesome 2018 Ragbri route. Who is so excited? Um, I am from the Iowa City, Coralville area, if you didn't already know that. So I am psyched to be going back to my homeland, to the um, nesting area, as you will. Um, and, you know, the rest of the route is great too. So, you know, a little something for everybody. Going right through the middle of the state should be easy to get to. Come in, come out. Um, I would also like to say, you know, the rest of the day, the Iowa Bike Expo, if you went to that, it was bigger and better than ever. It was so much fun. I'm sure TJ and Scott talked about it, so I don't want to, you know, go into it too much. But I would like to say thank you to everyone who came by and said hello, um, who gave me ideas for Parrot Talks, um, who, you know, it's just really great to talk to you guys in person instead of just like into a microphone. So um, thank you for that. Uh, looking forward to speaking to you all again at our next event um you know yeah the day went perfectly for me the only problem was that there wasn't enough pizza um but you know live and learn so as we came back from the route announcement party we realized that a couple of news sources had accidentally gotten the wrong date for the ragbri registration closure so that's what i'm going to talk about today actually they got it partially right um they said that ragbri registration is closing on february 15th actually the paper applications are due that day. If you're going to fill out an old school piece of paper with a pen, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, and mail it to RAGBRAI, it has to be postmarked by February 15th, 2018. Um, if you're going to go through um, RAGBRAI.com and register electronically, you have all the way until April 1st to do that for week-long registrations. So, um, And that's when the lottery closes. And then throughout the month of May, we'll run the lottery and we'll post the results of the lottery on May 1st. So if you don't already know, RegBright, like I said, is on a lottery system. Um, everybody registers, and we draw a 1,000 names basically out of a hat for week-long registrations, and those people get RegBright wristbands for the year. Um, we do it that way mainly because we need to cap the ridership at 10,000 week-long riders because, you know, Reg Iowa's roads are for the most part great for the most part nice and wide but you can only fit so many people and you know that's how it is so that's the way we've chosen to kind of um, keep it fair for everyone so because some people some people sign up right away and that's so cool but some people need to wait to find out where we're going or you know if they're going to be able to have the time off from work a lot of people say from team air force they don't even know if they're going to have time off from working in the Air Force until, you know, very close to the registration deadline. So we try to be accommodating. Anyway, so it's fair for everyone. Um, so, so right, registration ends April 1st for week-long registrations. Then we pull the lottery on May 1, 
then if you're going to be just registering for a day or two um, and doing day passes, the registration for those closes on June 1st. And then our online registrations are over, over, over. Then we finally start like really focusing on packing for the ride, preparing for the ride, um, getting our game faces on. Um, you can register for day passes during the ride in person at the Ragbri merchandise trailers. So, you know, for you uh, really late birds, then you can register there. So there's always an option for you. Riding as a bandit is, you have no excuse. So um, so that's a basic rundown. Um, there are a couple of kind of common pitfalls if you're trying to register online. So I thought I'd mention those real quick. And I'll try to be really quick because for some of you, this is old hat. But basically... Each, if you register online, you have to register each username with, and each email can only have one registration associated with it. So, you know, if it's Andrea at ragbri.com, I can only register once for an adult. Um, you go through, you register, that's it. Um, you can, however, add minors to that account. If I was, say, bringing my little baby cousin along, don't bring babies on Ragbri. But if I had, like, say, a 13-year-old cousin that I wanted to come with me on Ragbri, I could, and I was considered their guardian or, you know, had the signature of their guardian. I could register them through my account um, on ragbri.com. Um, the only thing is that you have to have a signed waiver, which you'll get through the registration process. But anyway, so um, if you've already completed your registration through ragbri.com slash registration, how many times am I going to say registration during this podcast? I don't know. Um, take a shot every time I say registration. Registration. Anyway, um, it'll look like you're trying to register a minor if you go back through that same way that you when you first started. Um, if you want, if that's what you intend to do, great. If you really just want to look at your address, double check your address, um, see what kind of jersey you ordered, or you know, change some information, you need to go to my Ragbri, which is in the top right corner of ragbri.com. That's where your navigation is going to be to add or get rid of group members or to you know check on your information. Use my Ragbri, um, and that's my the top pitfalls that people have um it can be a little confusing but that's just kind of the way our website is and i promise once you get used to it it'll be really easy if you have questions about this you can always email my coworker mariah who is at info info at ragbri.com and she will help you she is so awesome so easy to work with and she can make things that can be really confusing sound super clear and easy to do so don't hesitate to get a hold of her or one of us on the Ragbri team. That's what we're here for. Um, and But just be sure, give yourself a little time when you're getting a hold of Mariah. She gets a lot of emails. She gets back to every single person, but it just it takes her a little time. Um, the day after the um, route announcement, she got 400 emails. And she is answering every single one of those, but it will take more than an hour to get back to you. Um, but there's plenty of time. Like I said, plenty of time. So the other things I'd like to mention... Um, I don't know if TJ and Scott or TJ and Mark mentioned this, but um, Bacon Ride and Pigtails Ride registrations have now opened. If you haven't seen the awesome videos for those two rides, I would go on to BacunRide.com and PigtailsRide.com and check those out. They are hilarious. Um, and the Pigtails one features myself and Kathy Murphy, aka Murph. So um, yeah, go on to our websites, check those out. Um, there are various registration deadlines for those rides as well. Basically each month as we get closer to the ride, they get more expensive. So, you know, join us as soon as you can on the registration site. Um, so I've gone on off on long enough about registration at this point. If you got questions, ask us if there's something that a lot of people ask about, I'll do another pair talk about it. If you don't care about registration, fine. I won't talk about it again until next year. We'll see. Um, you can get a hold of me or any of the Just Go Bike team at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Just Go Bike. Or if you want to get a hold of me directly, it's ragby underscore Andrea on Twitter. Um, it's been great squawking at you. Have a great day. Um, and may your nest be feathered with gold. Brap. Come to the end of another edition of the Jesco Bike Podcast. Hope, hopefully, you enjoyed listening to us this week and each and every week, and we've enjoyed coming to you each and every week. So, uh, Mark, who's this podcast sponsored by? 
uh, Think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities, a 2018 Ragbri host. Uh, so I think you're going to get a lot of talking about Iowa City. It's also the town I live in, so you're going to really uh, have the ability to hear about it more. Uh, hopefully I give everybody the inside scoop on this podcast of what they're doing. Uh, Bikes to You, one of the best bike charters on, on Ragbri. Um, also a great bike shop in Grinnell. Um, and then finally, Primal. We got a lot of uh, a lot of time with our Primal friends this weekend. Uh, they brought a whole crew of uh, past and present all stars from their uh, their team here to the the Iowa Bike Expo. But now's the moment. If you're looking for custom jerseys, shorts, apparel, maybe even not custom jersey shorts and apparel, go to Primal Wear and check out what they have to offer. Yeah, great seeing all those friends. All three of those sponsors were having some part in the celebrations that took place this weekend. So great to see all of our friends there. So, all right, well, we're going to have lots more this year with the Jisco Bike Podcast. We've got the Ragbri Rad out. I'm sure we're going to hear from some some towns about what their plans are as we as we start working with those communities. And I'm sure we're going to have a few guests that will pop in from time to time that will kind of fill in those gaps about what's happening in each and every one of those communities. So, Anything else to add, Mark, before we, we sign off? No, just keep listening. Subscribe to this podcast. Check us out on social media at uh, Twitter, Instagram, and, and Facebook at Just Go Bike. Uh, but be sure to subscribe. Leave some comments, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Cool. Well, uh, since we were in that ragbri mood this weekend, just, uh, you know, I saw a shirt that just really sums up uh, riding style in Iowa. So if you're if you're not having a good time out on the bike, lower your expectations and i think that just sums up uh you know kind of the philosophy just you know we're here to have fun so don't get all uptight you know what don't look at your strava time just you know just kick back and relax and if you're not having a good time just lower those expectations Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.